week's Adam Schefter podcast, we are joined by the former head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals and the newest special advisor on the Arizona State football team, Marvin Lewis, who reunites with his friend, our former colleague at ESPN, Herm Edwards, with two great men there in the desert. And we'll take your Ask Adam questions. Some great questions this week from Nick, Ross, Kevin, Kevin, Matthew, and Gino as they fire off some great questions pertaining to random NFL subjects. But first, the man out west in the desert, Marvin Lewis. Uh, Joining us now, the new special advisor to Arizona State head coach Herman Edwards, Marvin Lewis. Marvin, what does special advisor mean? (laughs) <laughs> it's like the help out coach you know what i mean the help out where, coach. where's marvin at today well he's just helping out you know we're trying to find where he is now <laughs> uh, herman has asked me to literally uh uh take time and, and evaluate everything they're doing and uh you know really consult with him on and you know how i did things uh what i what i liked what i disliked and uh and then as we get to the season uh, really, uh, I'm going to spend time in evaluating uh, the personnel of the people, our opponents, and so forth, uh, present a report to the coaches, uh, self-scout both offense and defense, special teams here as well, and uh, just assist him with a lot of the analytical things that they already have in place and being able to uh, you know, put things in front of him that are pertinent, and, uh, and then help mentor the coaches, uh, help them in their planning and so forth, and Uh, be a a sounding board to the things they're doing and, uh, you know, but present what I think are the strengths and weaknesses of the opponents as well. Marvin, when I saw the news, I wondered, how did this come to be? How long had this been going on? Who came up with the idea? And I'm curious to know how this all started. Well, I think, you know, literally it it began a year, you know, almost a year ago, uh, you know, and Herman and I just talking and, uh, you know, when we were talking on the golf course in, in Tahoe or wherever it was. And, yes. uh, you know, whenever, you know, he's like, hey, as long as I'm there and whenever you get done what you're doing and, and you want a place to to come and do something, you know, the door's going to be open. So, uh, and then after the season, you know, he reached out right away uh, this year. And uh, so, uh, you know, we I came over here a couple times and spent some time and talked and so forth. And, uh, he visited with his coaches to what you know what role they could see uh, I could fill from what they had or or could uh, maybe even develop into because I thought that was important that these guys here had a comfort level with everything and so and then the chance to come over and visit with the coaches as well uh, so it, it's uh, I'm excited about it. What what did they say that sold you there because you had opportunities to do plenty of other things right you could have joined a television network. You could have, I'm sure, probably consulted for an NFL team. You probably could have worked in an NFL front office. There are probably a lot of things that you could have done. So what did you hear from them that drew you to the college game? Well, I think the energy here that's in this building, uh, obviously we know that's what, what, what Herman's all yeah. about. But if you you walk in this building and, the, and the, the coaches that he has in place here and the way they go about their jobs and so forth, it's, it's impressive. And so I was really... Uh, been impressed with that and you know the t- couple times I had a chance to come over and spend time here uh, obviously I have a long relationship with the athletic director here Ray Anderson and the job that he's doing and his vision 
for what the future of ASU athletics and ASU football is. And uh, so Ray and I had a had a conversation or two, and uh, and and so it's been able to to, to all fall into place. Marvin, did Vontez Burfick, the former Sun Devil, have anything to say about you going back to his alma mater? He was excited. Uh, he he's known about this for about a month, and so he was. Uh, he and his his fiance they both went to school here, and so I got forks up from them right away. So that I was glad to hear that they were excited about it. Who would have thought that for the 2019 season that you would be a special advisor for Arizona State and Vontez Burfick would be playing linebacker for the Oakland Raiders? Well, that's what we're trying to get him to be able to do right now is just play linebacker for the Oakland Raiders. So uh, we, we stay in pretty good contact. How strange has it been for you to be out of the NFL? It, it really hasn't been. Uh, it's been uh, – I haven't, I haven't missed it. Uh, I've been enjoying everything that I've had an opportunity to do. I enjoyed uh, working for the AAF until they pulled the carpet from underneath me there. <laughs> and, uh, but it was fun. It was fun talking to coaches. It was fun being around the players and having the opportunity. I, I was getting to learn a lot of new things, you know, spend a time a day, as you know, up at ESPN and day, days yeah. with the NFL Network. So I was getting a chance to, to meet other people and do new things. And, uh, and, and people were very, very helpful to me and helped mentor me into, into maybe something different. But, uh, uh, this has been exciting. Uh, you know, I just had to go through those other things and decide what, what made sense for the future. And do you think you will miss it this fall when it starts up? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm going to have enough football in my hands right here uh, to keep me uh, very busy. Well, I know you'll be the help out coach there, but when the first Sunday of the NFL season rolls around, will you be so wrapped up in Arizona State's affairs or will you have a chance to watch the Bengals? Well, I, I don't think I will look. For, I will be watching the Bengals. Uh, you know, other than the fact that uh, the, the players that uh, are are near and dear to my heart, uh, there. That's it. You know, the, the players that I brought there. But other than that, that's my only interest in, in the Bengals and what they're doing. Is the players are successful. When you bring up near and dear to your heart, who do you think of, and who will you miss this season in Cincinnati, Marvin? Oh, I'll miss them all. I'll miss them all from the. From last year's draft class of the Sam Hubbard's, Billy Price, you know, those guys in last year's class, as well as the guys that have been there uh, through thick and thin with me and uh, the AJs and the Andes, so forth, uh, the guys that have been there the longest. And uh, so Joe Mixon, all the guys, uh, Drake Kirkpatrick, all the guys that reach out, you know, uh, from time to time. Uh, I'll miss them all because they've been a big part of my life and hopefully I've been a part of theirs. So, but yeah, I'll be busy here. And uh, I won't get a chance to, to peek in on the NFL because I'll be too busy uh, helping us uh, get ready for whoever the next opponent is. So while you're busy there, what are your expectations this season for the Bengals? I know that they've had a lot of changes. I know the personnel will be different. I know that when a new coach comes in like Zach Taylor, that there are a lot of changes that are made. But what do you expect to see from that team this season? I really have no idea. I don't. Uh, huh. I expect Andy to have a great season because he's a fine, fine player, and hopefully, uh, AJ is back and healthy, and uh, uh, John Ross continues to grow, uh, Tyler Boyd continues to grow, Joe Mixon, etc. So all those guys on offense uh, really can do their thing, and uh, uh, you know Tyler Eifert being healthy and back, I'm excited for him, and I know he's feeling great. So a lot of good things, a lot of positives there. Do you have any relationship or have you had any contact 
with the new head coach there, Zach Taylor, who succeeded you? I have not, no. Do you have any hopes of getting back to the NFL and coaching one day, or you're not even thinking like that? I'm not thinking like that. I'm just, you know, it, you know me long enough, and I'm just going to focus on what today is and not worry about tomorrow. Now, I wondered also, you have a home in Arizona. How far is that from Arizona State? Give me an idea of what that commute will be like for you and how much that entered into your decision to become a special advisor for Arizona State here. Well, it's less than it was the Paul Brown Stadium, so uh, so far good. <laughs> wow, is that right? Yeah. It's that anyway. close. Yeah, it's it's well, you know, early in the morning there's no traffic, so uh but uh but no, it it's it, it's been great. Uh it really is. I was surprised how close it was cuz that was the first thing I heard from a couple people. It's like, "Hey, what are you doing? You know how far it is from your house down there?" I said, "Actually, it's closer than it was in Cincinnati." That's amazing. So you you can have all this free time on your hands then, Marvin, huh? <laughs> Well, what Herman has envisioned uh, for me and the opportunity to do this, and uh, it's been it's been fun. You know, I've been here now for uh, you know for three days because I really don't start till August, but I'm just trying to get the lay of the land here and get started on some things and uh, a lot of paperwork with with collegiate athletics these days. More than you were expected. <laughs> well, more than it was last. You know. I guess it would be 28 years ago when I was last in college, 1991. Wow. Oh, that, that's that's right. I, I forgot about that. N- now that you are out of the NFL and now that you are a help-out coach, special advisor for Arizona State, how has that changed your personal life at all? Well, it's been very good. I've had the opportunity, you know, to uh, spend time with my, my son's coach at Hampton University. I've been to Hampton, Virginia a couple times. And uh, we've got the, the daughter here and, and son-in-law with our grandson. So uh, if I go three days without seeing those boys, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kicking myself. So I get a lot of opportunity to, to be pop, and uh, and that's been great. And would you not have had that had you still been coaching at Cincinnati? Well, I still had that. I mean, it's just, you know, it's 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 different, Uh, uh you know, because I wouldn't be close as close as I am to, to one side of the family. Yeah. Now, and when I look back at your coaching resume that you alluded to, you did coach at Idaho State from 81 to 84 in Long Beach State from 85 to 86 in New Mexico, 87, 89 in um, Pittsburgh, 1990-91. What is so different from the college game today in your three days, your brief time there, that you could tell that compares to when you coached back in college back in the 80s and early 90s? Well, I, I think, that number one, uh, what's provided for these players from that standpoint, I was down there teasing them this morning about, uh, you know, they've got the nutrition bar, they've got breakfast provided, they've got all these things, the beautiful weight rooms and everything uh, that they have. Uh, you know, it, it's just different that way from that standpoint. But then from the coaching standpoint, uh, you know, the the fact of the, the time limit, and that just came in, I think, in 90 when I was at University of Pittsburgh, uh, you know, literally the, the time constraints that now college football has and so forth. So, um, And I think from the standpoint of the player, the player comes here to be here three years, and Arizona State's plan is in that three years they can get their degree because they're all going to be here in school in, in the summertime. And so they're taking classes in as they progress towards their degree and be able to graduate in three, three and a half years. 
Hmm. And uh, if they're good enough, have an opportunity to go on to the National Football League, you know, at some point. How much talent is there on that Arizona State roster? Well, he's he's really, they've done a nice job the last two recruiting classes of getting a lot of young talent. Uh, they re- they lost, obviously, a player that was picked in the first round. Uh, they had two guys drafted, six other signed as college free agents. So uh, they had some some obviously veteran uh, uh, talent, and they're going to be replaced by a lot of younger players. The team's going to be, as, as Herm said, a little younger than it was a year ago, likely to, to start a young quarterback. Uh, but they get some, they got a fine runner coming back, and uh, some pieces on the offensive line and so forth, and some guys on defense now to settle into the system and, and understand it. So. Uh, you know, so we got a lot of work ahead, but uh, uh, they've got uh, an, another incoming class coming in that they feel great about. Hmm. Curious about this, Marvin. Obviously, having coached since '81 and done it at the college level first, and at the NFL level, and now going back to the college level again, how have you seen young men change during that time? What's the biggest change that you've noticed in these guys? Uh, I think the fact now that we're so nutrition conscious. Hmm. That these young people growing up, people were in their ear talking to them about that. And certainly when they can afford and when they get to college, it's being provided for them. So we're actually, we're, as we know, we're growing bigger, stronger people, faster people. And uh, and that's going to continue that trend. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just, it's really cool to hear the, heard the nutritionist talking with a young guy this morning and him telling her how last night he cooked pasta with olive oil. <laughs> so uh, it, it's just different, you know, and I think that trend is going to continue. Uh, you know, it's a little different than when guys grabbing a handful of candy bars and that, and that was their breakfast. It also seemed, I remember when I covered the Broncos for 16 years, early on it seemed like guys were more, I don't know, maybe I'm imagining this, team-focused. And then over time it became more individualized, where players thought of themselves more as brands. Do you, do you, have you seen that? change at all in people i know you talk about the nutrition and how it's changed but how about in the actual people themselves well i think it it, it does but i think the the one when we know uh last year uh again the clemson uh won the national championship the year before that it was alabama and and they have a team concept yep. and national football league was new england patriots again and we know no question they have a team concept and I think that's the thing that at the end of the day, teams still win, not individual players. You bring up the Patriots, and you coach in Cincinnati with the Bengals from 2003 to 2018. Bill Belichick has been in New England that long and longer. Having done what you have, what is your assessment of what he has been able to do from your perspective? Well, it's been incredible. Bill's been able to continue to massage, change, uh, adapt, and uh, continue to uh, stay with the the, the trend uh, offensively, defensively. Uh, you know, all these things we're talking about, nutrition and everything like that, you know, they're at the head of the class on all of those things all the time. And uh, you know, analytics, et cetera. Um, these things, it's, it's, it's football all the time. And, and Bill does a t- tremendous job of managing all that, uh, evaluating prospects, um, you know, from the time the season is over. And obviously they've been in deep in the playoffs, you know, almost every season and, and still 
he goes right to work, right at the next class and so forth, and right to work and free agency. So just incredible that way. Are you going to be recruiting at all? Are we going to see Marvin Lewis on the road in some young high school player's home trying to close the deal? No, I am not allowed to do that. See, so that's a good thing. Why are you not allowed to do that? uh, Because I'm not one of the 10 coaches. Uh, But I can can, uh, have a role here on campus. Uh, Once the young man, the prospect, comes here to campus to visit, uh, I can have a role that way. But um, I'm not allowed to... uh, to reach out and make phone calls or have off-campus contact. Well, I didn't even realize the NCAA rules, so that shows you how well-versed I am in that area, Marvin. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's, you know, uh, they do. They, 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 the staffs of today's college football, is it's expanded so much. So you have, you know, literally you have a personnel department here, a recruiting department. Uh, it, it's amazing. You brought up Living in Arizona, I know you've had a home there for a while. Are you keeping your home in Cincinnati, or are you leaving the area? Uh, no, our, our house has been uh, uh, vacant in Cincinnati for a little bit. So so our house is now on the market in Cincinnati. And when you look back, so the home's going to be sold. You're going to be in Arizona full-time. When you look back on your days in Cincinnati, what stands out in your mind? Well, it's, it was, it, I, I had a tremendous time, tremendous run, a lot of great people uh, working for the Brown family. The relationship that I have with Mike and his family, uh, it's, it's special. And uh, so I was very fortunate that. And, uh, uh, but, you know, all things come to an end. And uh, now it's somebody else's time. So, you know, I know people say, well, you didn't win a playoff game. But I, I prefer to look at it in an entirely different way. The fact that you took a team that was terrible, an organization that was a laughingstock almost, and you made it respectable, and you made it a perennial playoff contender, and you made that team competitive, which is something it wasn't before. So I I think people need to remember it that way. Well, again, I I don't think there's a a coach in in the NFL or anywhere that goes into the season and says, I want to win a playoff game. (laughs) That's not the goal. Those would be world champions. And uh, and obviously you win playoff games on the way to being that. We didn't get that done. Uh, so so that's the only disappointing part is my job was to win a championship. And uh, just like it's here now in my role here is to help Herman and the staff here win the Pac-12 championship and move from there. So uh, you know that's the uh, those are the goals. And uh, and you know uh, you check some boxes along the way, and some unfortunately don't get checked. I will say this that if I had a son who was looking to go to college, play football in college, I'd want him to go play for you and Herm. Two great men. Well, we appreciate that. So that's a good advertisement there because that's what we need. We need more Sun Devils. Yeah. And uh, we're excited about that and the opportunity. And obviously, uh, you know, Herman and his, uh, the, the man, his character, it, it speaks for itself. And that's what that's what he's he's really promoting here that he's raising these young men up to be great great men and will be great you know led by great role models here on his staff and and they will be great men in society and great fathers and so Mm -hmm. forth as they move forward we might not be able to sell your home in cincinnati but we can sell the program in arizona marvin (laughs) all right that's great (laughs) hey thanks very much for the time i really appreciate as always i hope our paths cross soon we'll miss having you in the nfl but we'll be watching you here from afar 
All right, Adam. It's good to speak with you. We'll be back in a moment with your Ask Adam questions, but first I want to tell you about ZipRecruiter. Finding a new job is a lot of work. What if you had your own personal recruiter to help you find a better job? Now, ZipRecruiter's technology can do that for you. Just download the ZipRecruiter job search app, let it know what kind of jobs you're interested in, and its technology starts doing the work. The ZipRecruiter app finds jobs you'll like and puts your profile in front of employers who may be looking for someone like you. If an employer likes your profile, ZipRecruiter lets you know. So if you're interested in the job, you can apply. No wonder ZipRecruiter is the number one rated job search app. My listeners should download the free ZipRecruiter job search app today and let the power of technology work for you. Don't wait. The sooner you download the free ZipRecruiter job search app, the sooner it can help you find a better job. Ask Adam. Ask Adam. Ask Adam. Ask Adam. Ask Adam. We should ask Adam. Thank you for asking Adam. Appreciate it and appreciate my fine producer, Josh Macri, putting together these questions for another Adam Schefter podcast. Josh, thank you very much. How are the questions this week? The questions have been great the last several weeks, Adam. Glad that we can get the fans involved with these Ask Adam questions. The first one this week asks about some teams that have flown under the radar this offseason. Hey, my name is Nick, and I was curious. As of right now, what teams do you think flew under the radar in terms of the drafts and some of the moves they've made so far this year? Well, Nick, it's still early. Listen, again, if we just go back to the draft in which the Patriots drafted Tom Brady, would we have said that the Patriots in June really flew under the radar with that great selection they made in the sixth round of that quarterback from Michigan? No. You can't know that. It's just very difficult to tell. I can tell you that the Seattle Seahawks were a team that headed into the draft with four picks and somehow turned all those four picks into a lot more picks so that by the time they finished their draft, they had one first-round pick, three second-round picks, one third-round pick, three fourth-round picks, a fifth, two sixths, and a seventh. That was from four picks, which was amazing that Seattle did that. Now, we'll see whether L.J. Collier, the defensive end from TCU, can play, and Greg Little, and Marquise Blair, and D.K. Metcalf, and Cody Barton, and Gary Jennings, and on and on and on we go. But the point of the matter is that Seattle very quietly accumulated a lot more draft capital than it headed into the draft with, and we'll see how that works out. If we're looking for a team that maybe flew under the radar, I, I can tell you this. The Los Angeles Rams love Taylor Rapp, the defensive back that they drafted with the 61st overall selection. And I will just say this to you too, Nick. Daryl Henderson, third-round pick, 70th overall, running back from Memphis. Here's a guy that I believe Sean McVay thought was the most dangerous offensive player in the draft. Did you hear me, Nick? That's right. They love Daryl Henderson. Now, again, we'll see how Todd Gurley holds up, how he fares. But that's my little tip for you, Nick, and all you other fancy football listeners. Daryl Henderson, Memphis running back. Put him on your radar. Take note. Absolutely. Uh, one team last year that had an offseason that turned out to be better than expected, the Indianapolis Colts, which leads us to our second voicemail. Hey, Adam. It's Ross from Indiana. I'm a big fan. I was curious. I'm seeing a lot of hype about the Indianapolis Colts. And, you know, I'm all in on this team as a fan, but I want to know what you think. How deep can this Colts team go? Thanks, Adam. Well, Ross, thanks for the question. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Truly appreciate it. And I would say this. First of all, did you see the link to the draft war room that the Colts posted and how much they loved the players that they drafted early on? Rocky Sin and Ben Banigou, if I'm saying that correctly, and Paris Campbell and Bobby 
Okereke, the linebacker from Stanford. Like, they love these guys. And they've done a tremendous job accumulating talent the last couple of years. Chris Ballard has come in there and really shown how an organization should be acquiring personnel. And look, if Andrew Luck is healthy, he's one of the best quarterbacks in football. They put together a really strong offensive line. It's not a finished product, but again, it's a very good football team with a lot of depth, a lot of talent. Uh, again, another one of those teams that with the benefit last year of going back from two to six, so the Jets could go up and get Darnold. They got Quentin Nelson there. They picked up the extra twos this year. So they had three twos this year where they draft a cornerback, a defensive end, a wide receiver. I mean, you just have to like what Chris Ballard has done there. Uh, the coaching staff, uh, Nick Sirianni, the offensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus, the defense coordinator, they, they just have made all the right moves, and they're really tracking and trending in the right direction. So you should be pretty excited there, Ross. So the Colts definitely took a leap last season. A team that a lot of people thought may take a leap didn't, the 49ers, and now one of their fans wants to know, does that mean trouble for the coaching staff in the front office? Hey, Adam, this is Kevin from California. The 49ers go under six wins this year. Is Shanahan's job going to be on the line? And then what does that mean for the future of Garoppolo? Thanks. Well, Kevin, I appreciate the question, and I would say to you this, that if the 49ers went 6-10 and 10 this year and they decided to move on from Kyle Shanahan, which I don't see, okay, I don't see that. But if they did, I would bet you that Kyle Shanahan would have another head coaching job within five minutes. And so I know it's easy and it's almost sport to say, well, is this guy's job in trouble? I think we've seen that the best organizations usually are the most stable organizations. And what is it that everybody in football is always seemingly looking for whenever they have a head coaching opening? They're looking for the bright, young offensive mind. Kyle Shanahan, I would say, is one of the two or three best young offensive minds in all of football. All of football. Okay? So they may go 6-10 and 10 for whatever reason. And maybe they will move on from Kyle Shanahan. Number one, I don't see it happening after this year. I don't see that. But if they did, that would be their loss, and he would have another job within five minutes. So I I just don't see that happening, and we'll see how it plays out. We will see. We'll also see if anybody is going to be on the field in a couple years with this impending labor doom. That's what our next caller wants to talk about. Hi, Adam. This is Kevin calling from Connecticut. With all the reports coming out this week about there possibly being a labor strike in 2021, what do you think are the biggest hurdles that both the league has to solve with both the players and the owners to keep everybody happy? Love the show. Thank you. Well, thanks very much, Kevin. I would just say this, that, look, last time it seemed like the owners were intent upon keeping Roger Goodell's power intact and making as much money as possible. They did both those things. And the players seemed intent upon getting more breaks from work, more time away from the facility, and they did that. Now, I think in this go-round, there's a few things that the players have to get. I think they have to eliminate the fifth-year option in first-round draft picks deals. That, that just really hinders players. I think there's going to be discussion about franchise tags. Because when those were created in the mid to early 90s, it was done so that a quarterback like John Elway or Dan Marino couldn't leave his team. And now it's turned into a weapon that teams use to lock in a player and players hate it. So the owners are going to want maybe an increased schedule, 
maybe more playoff games, always more revenue. The players, I think, are going to want a piece of that revenue. They're going to want some ways to modify the current contractual system. There's a lot to get done here, a lot. And you're already hearing about what a difficult negotiation it could be. And you always hear that in advance. So I don't know that this is any different than any other year where there's doom and gloom forecasted. But I just think right now, it's, I think it's an issue. And it's a problem that sits in the future. And you'd like to think that both sides will address it, tackle the issues head on, get it done as soon as possible. And it won't impact football. It won't lead to any work stoppage. Nobody wants that. Nobody wins with that. And hopefully everybody gets it figured out before them. But but I'll say this. There's a lot of strong language and big terms being used right now. From something that may or may not happen in the future, let's come back to the present for something that's very imminent. And one fan wants to know what impact it might have on his team. Hi, this is Matthew Quincy. Uh, so my question is, with the Ravens vying for Gerald McCoy, do you see Brandon Williams as a possible trade candidate or a cap casualty? His contract has been restructured twice in as many seasons, and I'm not sure if third restructure is likely. Yeah. Well, Matthew, I don't see that. Now, listen, we're recording this Monday morning. We're waiting for a decision from Gerald McCoy. Um, I think Baltimore is square in the mix there. We'll see whether or not ultimately he decides to go to Baltimore. If he does, great. If he doesn't, great. Either way, I don't believe it impacts Brandon Williams either way. Brandon Williams is a guy that the Ravens, I think, value. Sometimes when you're restructuring contracts, you're doing it to create room, and that's a team that always spends as much as it can to the cap and needs cap space, so it goes to players that it counts on and believes in. Brandon Williams is one of those guys. I don't think they're looking to trade him, shop him, release him, anything like that. I think that he's been there as a good soldier to give them cap relief. And, of course, you know when I say this, it's not like players are just giving a team cap relief and getting nothing back. He's getting back guaranteed money. Now, again... I don't see Brandon Williams in trouble no matter what Gerald McCoy decides, and I do believe we'll get a decision later today as we tape this Monday morning. All right, Adam. We've had five warm-ups. Now it's time for the hardest oh, Ask boy. Adam question. You saved the Made best for last, The Josh? best for last and definitely the most difficult oh, one boy. for last. Let's see if you can Here handle it. Hey, Adam. This is Gino from Chicago, Illinois. Just calling. Uh, wanted to say love, uh, love what you do, man. Uh, my question to you would be, as a uh, huge Michigan fan, who do you think is probably the biggest athlete to ever come out of uh, the University of Michigan, other than Tom Brady? Who, are the, who what was the question, Josh? Who was the biggest what? Biggest athlete to come out of Michigan not named Tom Brady. Well, Charles Woodson was pretty good. He was pretty good. He yeah. did okay for himself. You yeah. say he's one of the greatest defensive players in NFL history. I think he's he's worked out pretty well. Um Desmond Howard won a Super Bowl MVP. He worked out pretty well. Uh, those guys obviously were colleagues here of ours at ESPN, still are, uh, in Desmond's case. Other guys I'm thinking of off the top of my head. What about great, the new men's basketball coach, Juwan Howard? Well, that, that That's a good one. How about Jalen Rose? How about Jalen Rose? How about Chris Weber? Yeah. The fine TNT announcer. How about, I mean, we, we can go on Wasn't here. Jim Abbott a Michigan man? How about Gerald Ford? Gerald Ford, sure. President of the United I mean, he did okay for himself, didn't he? Jim Abbott was a great Michigan man. Jim Harbaugh, the head coach at Michigan. Right. I mean, we, we, we got a lot of people that that school has produced 
And I'm probably forgetting right now about 186 names. <laughs> okay, like that, that. Those are just the names, like literally, that just popped into our head as we're doing this right now. How about Frank Clark, who got traded to Kansas City this off season? Right there's there's a good player. How about <laughs> Devin Bush, who Pittsburgh traded up to go draft this year? How about so many of the offensive linemen that have come through? Jake Long, a number one overall pick. How about friend of the podcast Brian Greasy? How about Brian Greasy, a great man who's done so much good in our society? Yeah, I mean, we go on and on here. In all honesty, I'm not bragging on my school or anything, but it has produced an inordinate amount of good quality, upstanding citizens who have done great good in our society. One thing everybody knows about Michigan men, they're always humble, and you just proved that, Adam. Absolutely. Why is that? <laughs> what did I say? The ma- tongue pro- planted firmly in cheek. No, You're I'm bragging on my school. Well, there. Yeah. No, no. I'm pr- <laughs> listen, it's, that's not bragging, Josh. I'm just proud of the things that Michigan has done, the people it's produced. As you should be. Hail about, to the victors. How about Arthur Miller? How about him? Yeah, how, how about, about him? That, yeah. that, that's a pretty, how about Rich Eisen, my friend Rich Eisen that's right. from the NFL Network? That's right. Yeah. Hail to the victors. Hail to the Ask Adam callers for some great questions this week. We'll do it again, in all likelihood, next week, and we want you to get involved when we do so again. So make sure you uh, give us a call, 860-506-5779. Leave your question and leave your name as well so that you get the credit you deserve for being a part of the show. And so that's a wrap on another edition of your Ask Adam questions. Thank you to everybody for calling in with such interesting, timely topics. Thank you to all the listeners out there. Thank you to Marvin Lewis, the former head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, now special advisor to Herman Edwards on the Arizona State football team. And thank you for tuning in to another Adam Schefter podcast. Please join us again next week. Have a great week, everybody.